Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are talking about M&A in mature industries and in particular, we're looking today at the print industry. Now, even if you're not in the print industry or interested in the print industry. A lot of what we talk about today is relevant across markets, particularly in relation to mature industries and ways in which businesses can still sell in these mature industries. And in order to talk about this topic, we have Stephen Edwards and Stephen Duty from Transworld North Sydney. That's right, you heard it correctly, two Stevens. How about that? <laughs> now, um, Steve Edwards is one of the directors of Transworld and has been involved in buying, selling, merging and investing in businesses for more than 25 years years. He's been involved in over 200 deals um, across multiple industries and has been a CEO, managing director, shareholder and chairman for many years and has sat on numerous boards and investment committees. And Steve Stucci is also another director of Transworld North Sydney and has been selling businesses for more than 15 years. And before starting the Transworld business in North Sydney, he worked at Snap Franchising as the head of franchise sales, developing an in-house brokering system that assisted owners to sell their business. So today we're really delving into some rich areas um, with the two Steves who give us a really good overview of dealing with mature industries and in particular through the lens of their experience in the print industries. And we've actually made this a two-part series because we get into a lot of detail that's really interesting. Uh, and we just couldn't stop talking. What can I say? (laughs) So I just want to give you a little overview of what we're going to be covering in the two parts. And today, of course, is part one of the two-part series. So we We're talking um, in general about the state of uh, the industry and highlighting the types of deals that are being done in a mature industry like this. We highlight what's deemed valuable. We talk about the timeframes and processes. Uh, We talk about where buyers can come from. And in particular, we then launch into a really interesting discussion about the role of private equity. We look at a couple of case studies. So we look at um, a particular brand that sold to an offshore private equity group. And we really dig into that as an example. We talk about the process, the strategic valuation, and we also talk about the transition and the deal construction. And in our second case study, we talk about a business that's part of a global brand, which was a well-established franchise system where multiple of their businesses were sold. So we're really looking at some interesting insights into the mature industries, like, for example, the print industry. And the last thing we really look at is critical factors for buyers who are looking for a print business. So we're looking at how we review sales 
history, contracted clients, leasing and other assets within the business and how the value of those assets are transferred. So you're in for an interesting ride for the next two episodes of the Deal Room podcast. As always, buckle in. Here we go for part one. Well, Steve and Steve, uh, welcome onto the Deal Room podcast. I'm really excited to have uh, two Steves on here today. That's fabulous. <laughs> it's very confusing at times. <laughs> it is, it is. <laughs> I love when we're emailing, you know, and, you, you know, it's Steve. Really, I don't have to remember who I'm talking to, do I? You know, it's just Steve will do, any Steve. <laughs> Good to be here. Fabulous to have you both on because um, I really enjoy talking about, you know, specialist areas in in specific industries. And today, of course, we're talking about M&A in the print industry. And I guess as the broader topic, we're really talking about how businesses can still sell in mature industries. So I'm really interested to get into the detail of this today. But um, before we do, could I perhaps ask you both just to give us a really quick background because you both have really interesting interesting stories. And so just want a really quick background of, you know, how, why is it that you're here talking about this area at the moment today? Yeah, as um, business brokers and advisors, we've been around selling and buying businesses for many years Mm. and coupled with having very strong executive backgrounds. So knowing how bigger groups look to buy things and invest uh, or divest, and then also looking at a range of different companies and sizes on you know, getting customers in and getting buyers and sellers to match up strategically. And we felt by pulling that together under the great brand of Transworld, one of the global brands in the broking space, that our partnership allows us to really add a little bit extra when we're dealing with clients. Mm. We come from the buyer and the seller's side with our backgrounds and it works very well for our outcomes. And, of course, this is not the only industry um, you, you focus on, but uh, but it is one that you know a lot about, I guess. Yeah, so we, obviously we're both from an executive background. We both worked at, at Snap Franchising mm. for a number of years and my career started in accounting So and then moved into franchise sales and sold oh. a number of Snap franchises over the time. And built a, with Stephen Edwards's uh, assistant, built an in-house brokering division, and but it was very successful. And that's today it's still going on. So we've got obviously you know printing experience, but we've got a lot of experience in not only franchising experience, but we well, just recently sold a beauty clinic, for example, mm-hmm. uh, on Monday. So the business process is very similar across the board with all businesses we sell. Mm. But however, we've got the experience and the skill and the network within the printing industry. Yeah. And that, that history of experience working from within, I think, you know, always gives a really useful aspect for buyers and sellers when you're dealing with a broker who knows so much about the industry as a whole that you know you're able to provide insight as well and I think that's quite an important element. Yeah I agree with you there another thing that we do have is having run international groups a good access to deal rooms around the world benchmark best practice burnouts all the new models of how to get out of businesses with an owner feeling pretty good about what they achieved and the buyer also coming into play. Mm. Also finding out with our backgrounds that we're drawing a lot of private equity group into the interested parts of our business there. Yeah, the last couple of deals we've been doing is to private equity groups and 
So we look far afield. So it's not just our industry experience. This corporate experience allows us to be a bit more diversified in where we sort of pop up and where we find deals. It's interesting, isn't it, talking about private equity interest in the print industry. It's not sort of the most obvious um, connection, (laughs) is it? Or is it? (laughs) Yeah, one of the things, having been on boards of this industry for a long time, people talk it down from afar, but if you actually get into it, there's repetition, there's technology, there's scale, there's size. And if you have it in a boat, so you have all the systems and all the things that sort of normal people that are buying these sort of companies look for, they definitely still sell. I think it's a self-perpetuating problem that the industry has. Mm. Like to help our clients through that problem and strategically map buyers that suit. And whilst it's harder these days, there's still outcomes, positive outcomes happening quite regularly. Mm. Okay. Well, so so then stepping back and talking about the industry as, as it's itself, we're we're really talking about this topic about businesses can still sell in mature industries. So maybe if you can just give a snapshot of where print is. You know, obviously we're talking about it as a mature industry. Where is it now versus potentially where it was? You know, ten years ago. Yeah. So a lot of printers these days are doing more short run first mm. on demand type printing rather than the high-volume web-based printing, but that's still prevalent in the industry. But it's more to do, It's, it's it, a lot of businesses are predominantly targeting that on-demand, full-colour, personalised printing, because that's where, I guess, uh, you know, there's, there's great returns for, for, the, for the business owner, where there's high margins to be uh, awarded then. So it, it's basically a, biz, a mature industry, but then again, there's still a lot of contracted revenue out there that business owners are, 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 you know, being quite successful with. Mm. I think it's important to broaden up the printing industry. So, you know, the sectors that we're in, signage, design, marketing, website, print, digital, when you map that together, there's thousands of businesses that are helping clients enhance their images and printing is only one element. Mm. So you get involved in all types of companies that cover that sort of gamut. And often people just look at the printing industry now and oh, printing's in decline, but there's a lot of research around the world saying that if you get into those other sectors, that it's actually growing. Right. And having been the CEO of the biggest group in Australia, my board constantly were looking for these papers and I had to prove that it was growing in these sectors. So there's a few misnomers at times. It's the big capital equipment printers that are finding it a bit hard because there's too much capacity in the market. Mm. And so I guess it's about the industry having, you know, having opportunities but just in different directions. That's right, that's right. Yeah. So what what would you say, you know, understanding the print industry but also um, business sales and acquisitions in general, what are some of the things that are different about M&A in print to some other industries? You know, are there some things that you think, you know, are quite nuanced in the print industry that, you know, are a little bit different? Yeah, I think a couple of things are there's generally a lack of contracted revenue. So a lot of corporate turnover businesses generally have a lot of contracts. Yeah. The printing industry has a lot of on-demand revenue. Mm. It means, you know, money's floating in and out. So it's so heavily relationship-based and service-orientated. So it's very hard to 
you know, value that at times with buying mm. outside of the industry. And it's and it's a very manualized process still. So it's still a manufacturing based heavy incomes the file and the way you go. Mm. Um, so yeah, technology's there, but it's still heavily manufacturing based. And all of that is quite interesting because, you know, some of the mantras that um, we have with our clients who are buying business or indeed for them to understand when they're selling businesses is the importance of understanding, well, where is the value in the business that you're purchasing or selling and how is that value protected in its transfer to the new buyer? And so when you talk about this issue of businesses in the print industry not having, you know, high levels of effectively it, you know, I guess it can be quite difficult to prove that a new buyer will be able to maintain the revenue as, you know, as the previous business. So what are the elements of proof for someone or what can a seller do to get their business ready so that, you know, they're able to cross that bridge for buyers coming in? It's a good question. Now, a lot of businesses in general, you need to have consistency in revenue for a minimum of three years, for example, and that's important. And also we need to identify whether there's any dependency on each on a particular contract within the business. So there's no heavily weighted contract within the business. So it's spread across the board with smaller type contracts rather than having one contract being 50, 60% of the revenue, for example. And that mm. and that happens mm. and people rely on that and that's a huge risk to that business. And like Steve said, relationship, it's all about relationships in this industry. So the people is, is the IP of the business. Yeah. And that's important to an acquisition company looking to buy a business is looking at the people, looking at the experience they have and look at what type of clients are they owning. Because like all businesses, but predominantly in print, which is relationship selling, if an employee leaves that company, they generally can sometimes potentially take that client with them. And that's something you need to look at. And that's a risk to that business as well. Yeah, absolutely. Constructive sales now, print businesses have some protections, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But the key thing is making sure you've got very good data, so the data lasts the longevity of the new people coming in. A lot of companies have terrible data. So I, you can't market to it. You can't have the right business drivers, you know, working towards it. So our clients, we always get in and look at their processes and their data to add that value. So it's not just the people-based reliance. Mm. Very important. Mm. And then... You know, it's in the construct of the deal on earnouts, so to protect revenue over periods. And often the, the owner of the business exiting is the person that generally has the most clients. Yeah. If they're going to move out, there needs to be a good handover, an earnout, and the right sort of links to make mm. sure the data and the clients keep going. Mm. We'll talk about a deal like that that we've done very recently. I think it's important, Dan, business owners need to be involved in in a quite detailed structured handover process Mm. because um, if owners are particularly looking to exit the business as soon as the business settles, it's not going to work for for that um, for for the purchasing business. So Mm. the owner needs to stay in the business to reassure the the purchaser, obviously the uh, guarantee of income coming through the business. Mm. Absolutely. I've sold a business 
that has that particular element in the business condition as a condition of sale. Mm. And so you're just talking about, um, you know, a recent example where all of this played out. Maybe if you can walk us through that example. Yeah, so Steve had a client, a private equity firm, approach him a few years ago and he took them through a journey where they bought a few businesses from him in the industry and then our third business came along that I was representing and we had a fair bit of interest, but this particular private equity wanted to add to their portfolio. So they've done a great job, the better down the businesses, and now they're looking for scale. It was very interesting as this was a Malaysian group, essentially, mm. coming in. Uh, Steve convinced them really on the industry and helped them go through the reasons why. And they were very hard-nosed, as a private equity company is, on what they're looking for. And we were hard-nosed in reverse on behalf of our client. Mm. Due diligence was a very interesting model. But what ended up happening is, you know, it was an iconic Australian print company, so that helped. But also the owner was prepared to stay for a while, well over a year. So what that's allowing us to do is have the profile transition. Mm. private equity company wanted to buy the company that was under management. If the if the exiting owner was going to exit, they wouldn't have purchased this business. We had quite a few offers, but the best price and the best deal was based around the private equity company. Mm. Provisions and protections that they put in, other than a very rigorous due diligence, was all around they wanted an earnout. So there was the earnout was 20% essentially of the asking price over 12 months, equal payments, and they were linked to hitting a certain turnover number. That turnover was minus 5% of each month of the previous year, so there was a tolerance. And then there was a 50 grand kicker on some profit as well. So there was two drivers in there to Mm. give some protection to the private equity group. Mm, that's clever. And then, and and the other offers that were coming across. Obviously, you said that this was the best offer in terms of price. Was were the other offers also with a similar sort of earnout? I think this was the best offer from the point of view of the breadth of what can happen next. So the yeah. owner was really worried about his clients and his staff. You know, he'd been in the business for 15 years and he really wanted the transition to work. Mm. So, you know, not everyone thinks that way, but mm. the reason they paid it was because they thought that the at-risk, they could live with that and they liked that the business was well-groomed in how it went to market. Yeah. And isn't that, I mean, that's such an important point. And, you know, I picked it up also in your comment that they um, did very extensive due diligence. So they, uh, you know, they like, they obviously were looking for a business that they felt they were comfortable with to run as it was. And obviously we know there are, you know, some buyers out there who are looking for bargains, which they'll factor into the price for businesses that aren't well run. And that, you know, but but obviously if you're looking for top dollar, it comes back to the concept, well, you need to be well-groomed for sale, you need to be sale ready, um, and you need to be ready for due diligence as well. But, you know, provide information quickly um, and provide information that will make a buyer 
buyer feel comfortable when they're looking at it. And so what was that process of grooming for sale? Um, had you been involved with this um, owner that was exiting prior during that period when they were preparing it for exit or was that something that they had sort of been aware of themselves and have been doing in the background? Yeah, it's a great point because the it was due to a divorce that this even went on the market. So it was testament to the business that all of a sudden it started happening pretty quick and mm. our business... Can As happens, like for, for many, many different reasons, right? <laughs> and so everyone was, you know, hyped up and there was a lot of grief between the husband and wife within the business. So we had to run a really good process. And prior to them going in the market, we were helping get that business into shape in the way it looked to the market. So data and all the HR and we put employee shore in there and it needed to look like a fully functioning, well professional business. Yeah. Because PEs have a set way that they look at businesses. So that's yeah. we worked with them and then we signed a, an agency agreement. Steve had had a great relationship with this company. So we built some trust that we were professional. And then we created a great data room in DD, and that mm. blew the mind of the PE because they didn't mm. think that a company of this size would do that. But our experience led us to make it happen. And the seller, he had no idea, so they really got their value. And if you speak to him, he'll say it was the best, you know, fee that he'd ever paid because he had no clue. He knew mm. how to run a printing business, but he didn't know how to run process from A to Z to get a great price. That's fabulous because I think um, perhaps it's not really well understood how just the importance of being able to provide that DD information quickly as well as the information itself being provided, you know, satisfying some of these risk concerns. That's the point. DD after all, but just being able to provide information quickly certainly gives buyers um, a level of comfort or or on the flip side, not, you know, taking a long time to provide them can seed a lot of doubt in the mind of buyers, particularly professional buyers like PE. They're looking for under-managed businesses, so they need to know that the management structure in that business is running it quite well. So turnover and all that's very important, but if it's not running well, there's landmines everywhere. So DD allows the buying party, especially if they're a bigger entity, to really have a look at the skill factors in the business, mm. you know, the talent pool, and um, and that worked out very well for us. Right. And for our customer. And what was transition like then in, um, you know, post-completion for, for this particular yeah. matter, given obviously it had all this prep going into sale? What did that all look like at the end? What happened here is there's a three-month transition and there was an ACL that we helped um, create, so an action control this for all parties, so another value proposition from Transworld to, you know, pull that together. Um, and the second thing was that an employment contract was negotiated for the exiting owner for a four-day week. So mm. it, had, it had the first three months' condition of sale, then it had an employment option which he's taken up. So that just gives that secondary level of comfort because the owner is quite a famous operator. Mm. So the private equity doing their risk matrix was quite worried that if that person left, not just, you know, would he get in an industry later, but would everyone just leave? Right. 
that's the comfort that we've constantly got to try and provide to buyers because if you've got a business that has sales reps, you're only as good as those relationships. That's you right. need quarantine and have systems for that. Great. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Um, and, and I guess, you know, while we're talking about this example of, you, you know, the PE sale, maybe we should just sort of step back one step and talk about what private equity is looking for when they're in the print industry looking for a business. So we touched on some of it. We touched on, um, you know, the importance of, um, you, you know, the business looking professional, groom for sale, having a management team. But maybe if you can just run through some of what some of those other important elements are. Yeah, so they're looking at revenue as, as, as the priority. They're looking mm. at to increase their their top line, but also net profit is important. The EBITDA, what they get, the return for their, their their investors particularly. So top line and bottom line are most important. So financials are the most important thing for an acquisition for a private equity firm. But also they're looking for basically a company that's established, has got a good name, and it, it's got some systems in place that they can easily transfer mm. into the into the portfolio. Mm. And then they fund their rigor over the top. So, you know, they put a bit more governance and corporate buying and, you know, the better reporting models and they get some synergy benefits. You add the three together, it's got some legs for, you know, they generally hang around for five years. So they want to make sure they've got returns that they can show their shareholders because it's, mm. it's a return-based acquisition really. Yeah, absolutely love these case studies. Case studies are a great way for us to really be able to get in um, and understand some of, I guess, the intricacies, the differences in this industry. All right, so that's it for part one of our two-part series, all about M&A in mature industries and in particular taking a look at the print industry. Of course, we were speaking with the fabulous Steves, Stephen Edwards and Stephen Stuti. And if you would like details of how you can contact Steve Edwards and Steve Stucci, then just head over to our show notes or to our website at www.thedealroompodcast.com where you'll be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode. And of course, you'll be able to link straight through to Steve and Steve if you'd like to talk to them about the print industry or any other industry that you're interested in having specific insight into if it might be a mature type industry. Of course, on our website, you will also find details of how to contact our lawyers at Aspect Legal if you or your clients would like to discuss any legal aspects of sales or acquisitions. Of course, we have a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition and help guide them through getting transaction ready and getting through the transaction as a whole. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. So don't hesitate to book an appointment if you'd like to find out how we can assist. And finally, if you have enjoyed what you've heard today, then don't forget to tune in to part two next week in this series where we finish off our conversation with Steve Edwards and Steve Stucci from Transworld North Sydney. And of course, don't forget to hit that subscribe button if you are not already subscribed to the Deal Room podcast. Well, that's it. Thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. 
See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 